What's up guys, Dave here from Metal Epidemic, back with another Metal Epidemic podcast, episode 16, uh, joined by my usual sexy co-hosts, Kyle and Duncan. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? I mean, doing I, great, thanks. I, I feel <laughs> I feel slighted um, because it used to be Duncan and Kyle, and apparently I've dropped down one in the pecking order. Yeah. Next time it'll just be uh, Kyle and guest, and then after that <laughs> it'll just be Kyle. It was just in the order you were in on my screen. That was all. Okay. Plus, well, Kyle's my favourite. Yeah. Well, we all knew that. <laughs> all knew that. It's only uh, because he caught me in a well. <laughs> Oh, how are we doing, gentlemen? We all good? All good. Enjoying life? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was so convincing, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle's, <laughs> Kyle's had technical difficulties before we, yeah, we hit record. And as a result, his, what can only be described as usual chipper, cheerer <laughs> sort of persona has been replaced with someone that is now having tech rage. Um, <laughs> and there's like, there's no there's no support group for that. Like, remember when, like, we formally recognised road rage, and it was like a real thing, mm. and people got all serious yeah. about it. And you know, but I think we're missing tech yeah. rage. I think tech, tech rage, rage is, is a thing. real thing. I think yep. you're right. Hundred percent. We need to. I need to start that group tonight. <laughs> but now, see when you say start that group, no one use that another band. <laughs> we are tech rage from Norway. <laughs> Here we go. Just 45 minutes of destroying laptops. <laughs> no music. Just rhythmically beating the, the fuck out of a MacBook. The, 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 <laughs> song was called, the song was called What Do You Mean I Don't Have Full Access? What the fuck am I paying for? <laughs> Ready for our encore. What do you mean it was the right way the third time? <laughs> it's that thing with the, like, without starting to descend us into old man corner, which I know the listeners love, but... It is tr- I've seen that um, meme that fr- flies around where they're talking about where you got to put a USB stick in and the first way you put it in it isn't right then you turn it around it still isn't right then you put yep. it around that way again it works yep. and that's yep. true yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, don't know how it, I, I don't know how it works there's a third side obviously that we don't know about it's, yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's one of those phenomenons um, so uh, podcast this evening gents um, plenty of good stuff coming up but um, just in case you didn't know, um, no. we did another Twitch stream last month, um, which was, I mean, I'm, I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but highly successful is how I would describe <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> was it? Duncan's face says otherwise. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> and um, as with, you know, usual tradition, we are keeping it rolling at the end of every month. So you can join us on, uh, <laughs> you can join us on the 25th of August for our next Twitch stream, which is the, it's usually the last Wednesday of the month, um, and we will be doing a deep dive on a particular band's back catalogue. Now, it just so happens that today, the Twitch poll for which band we're going to be covering uh, finished. Ah. So, we're going to announce on the podcast which band we're covering on the Twitch stream. We, we've had no warning about this. Yeah, the last, <laughs> the last time I checked, which was yeah. two days ago... Um, things were close, but it still looked like our front runner was very secure in being the front runner. So mm. I'd be surprised if, in the dwindling embers of the the poll, it has changed at all. 
Um, it was a close finish actually. At the end, there was there was two that were were pretty close together, um, but the the winner of the poll and the band we will be covering on our next Twitch stream, their back catalogue of albums is with thirty eight point eight nine percent. The Dillinger Escape Plan. Hey. That's a good call. That's not bad. Cool. The people saw it right this time, gents. <laughs> That's because we didn't give them a chance yeah, to say it's fucking so, wrong. We, did, we, didn't put any, we didn't put any bands the calibre of Steamed in the poll. That's why. That's why. That's so. true. Well, that's um, mostly because Steamed are a league of shit all of their own. <laughs> got to number true. one in the American country charts. That's all I need to know, which that's means you probably made a couple of million just off singing about how great America is and how the rest of the world and his fellow Americans that don't believe in right-wing politics are all wrong. <laughs> so, there we go. God, Imagine yeah. if I can make so much money off being a complete cunt. Oh, well, um, I, th- yeah. I, thought that's, I thought that's what black metal musicians do. Oh! So, that's fired. Shots. Talking with a sick burn early on. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> He's like, moving on. <laughs> not linger on that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Twitch, 25th of August. Join us uh, on the Twitch stream. We'll be kicking off about 8.30 UK time. You can see all that action at, uh, what's that again? Kyle, Twitch TV, <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Seven Oaks. Um, there's a link on the website and there'll be lots of links posted on social media before then um, but join us it shall be a good night it'll be my um, pre-birthday yep. stream so we'll be getting we'll get, be getting a bit sexy on it <laughs> how can, how is it possible to get any more sexy uh, well, Dave says sexy but what he actually means is visible crow crow lines on the side of his eyes will just come in as soon as he as soon as he turns 40 um <laughs> I like. I expect him just like stroke of midnight. I, like, I just how I imagine turning forty is like one day everything's fine and then you turn forty and nothing works anymore. Um, it's yeah, tech like, rage just turns into life rage. Like, even even breathing throws your back out. You know what I mean? So you're not be able to lift that bottle anymore, Dave. Ah! I just need a big long straw. <laughs> That's an idea. Um, yeah, so Twitch, 25th of August, join us. Shall be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, on the podcast, though, this evening, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a ton of shit to go through, actually. We've got um, the usual album listening recommendations, uh, what we've been checking out over the last month or so. We've got some new singles to play for you from some pretty fucking cool bands. We've got an album review to do for you. We've got a competition coming up on the show. And... We've also got a kind of new little segment, I suppose. Um, we <laughs> we opened up the floodgates for some listener questions. That's right. I put it out to you guys out there on the internet uh, to see if you had any questions for Duncan, Kyle, or myself. Um, I did give you the option of clicking the big red button. I thought it would be kind of fun, you know, and you could leave a little voice message. Unfortunately... Nobody did that. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm so glad that Kyle tested that to make sure yes. it was working. Um, 
still there. <laughs> big red button is still there uh, for future shows. But um, I did put an, an option, uh, an alternative where you could send us a message just directly beneath that. So I got a couple of listener questions in for the podcast, and I thought, why not just let's just kick off the show with a listener question just to get things going, and then we'll get into some music after that. So, gentlemen. Would you like your first listener question? I love how he's asking us. Is that the first listener <laughs> question? Do we want a question? Yes. All right, that's okay. No, I'm good. I'm all right. I'll just... Moving on then. Yeah, like, I just want to stress that me and Kyle, we never agreed to this. This is a Davy pulling a fast one and putting us on the spot. And he's read yeah. the questions, which means he's this perfectly formed answer that he's probably spent days crafting and me and you will forget something obvious and be shunned for it. I know, I know how yeah, it works. Probably. Again, um, so <laughs> first question, uh, we'll do one now and we'll do one on uh, kind of later on in the show. So, uh, we'll do first... one now and test the waters. It's <laughs> all right, we'll do another one. We'll shite. do, we'll do <laughs> one now, which means if it is shite, then Duncan can edit it out, including all this stuff here, and then he doesn't have to edit more stuff out later on. I like yes. it, I like it, Dave. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so question one, um, from someone who clearly didn't want to use their own name, um, because the left her name as Harvey Gent, D-J-E-N-T. <laughs> Harvey Gent. I like it. A Batman reference and a, a, a music reference. A metal good. subgenre. Yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. Clever. Um, so the question from Mr. Gent was, um, name an opening band you saw that blew the main band off the stage. And now we play the little countdown theme tune i'm not i'm not playing like stop giving me extra work <laughs> we will Wait, sit here in hush silence which will make everyone awkward and um, they will I'll like start. it i'll start because I've, I've seen the question all right i'll all give right. you some time to think about it all right yeah stall for um, time please yes um <laughs> so opening band that i felt blew the main band off the stage um back when we were doing rock and reel uh, back in the day, and this would be like 20... Ooh, actually, I don't know what, what the year would be, actually. When it was 2013, 2014 that we started doing the live stuff, so... Yes. So this was um, King Tut's. Um, we were interviewing the bands uh, on the bill. Um, the main band that was playing that night in King Tut's was a band called 36 Crazy Fists. Um, and uh, we interviewed Brock from the band. Cool guy. I really enjoyed talking to him actually. Um, he had like all this like knowledge about restaurants and hockey, and he'd started his own business and all that sort of stuff. So we're getting a good chat about that. It's still on YouTube if you want to check it out. Um, we got a, had a good chat with him. Um, however, as, as good as they were, and they were decent, they were decent. It was the first time I think it was the first time I'd seen Tip Six Creative Fist, although I've been listening to them since the since the era of the new metal. Um, they were supported by a band who. I'm just going to say, I was there to see the, the support band, all right? As much as I like 36 Crazy Fist, I was there to see the support band. Uh, we interviewed those guys as well. Um, still uh, keep in touch with those guys online. Um, the band were Armed for Apocalypse from Chico, California. Um, and they were in two, they were they were touring their, their new album at the time. Um, I don't know if they'd ever been to the UK before. Um, they, they did come back after that, but um, it was certainly their first time playing like King Tut's in Glasgow, which is my favourite venue in Glasgow, hands down. Um, and they absolutely blew the roof off the place. Um, no one really had an idea of who they were at all because they didn't really have much of a, a kind of huge following in the UK at that point. 
Um, I was there with uh, Paul Kearney at the time. Uh, he was my my cameraman for the night, um, and they they were so fucking good. They're a, a kind of sludge kind of groove metal band, um, and Tuts just wasn't ready. They, they just had no idea what was about to happen, and they absolutely slayed the place. Um, and I, I kind of felt a wee bit sorry for Thirty Six Crazy Fist having to go on and, and follow that, um, because it was such a just an absolutely decimating set that they put on. Um, so that was that's the main one that kind of sticks in my head as just being absolutely like just standing with my, my jaw on the floor watching these guys absolutely kill it uh, in King Tut's. I'm for Apocalypse. If you've never heard of them, go check them out. Um, they've got a couple albums and uh, they've got a, a new one in the pipeline, uh, which has been recorded already uh, with Mr. Kurt Ballou at God City. So that's they're looking for kind of label representation at the moment. Hopefully get something out this year. So I'm looking forward to that. But that's my pick. I'm for Apocalypse. Uh, they blew the main band off the stage. What about you guys? Do you guys ever have a, a thought of anything? Yeah, I can yeah, go Duncan. next. Because, I mean, there's a, the problem is there's obvious ones that due to line-up, due to the lineups that were set up, were always going to be better, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, to me, I've mentioned it before, I saw Foo Fighters play in Edinburgh and Nine Inch Nails with the support. Oof, right. You know what I mean? Fuck. How does that work? <laughs> no brainer. You know what I mean? No brainer. Right. So there's yeah. that sort of thing where it's like obvious like that. But the one that I've went for while you were talking, I started mm. kind of to and fro and trying to work out things in my mind. Um, <laughs> Love to CD had never seen them live. Um, they were on an, an ensemble bill uh, back in 2000. 2000 rings a bell probably for this one. Uh, this was the Road Rage Tour. Um, Soulfly with a headlining band Every Time I Die uh, oh. not Every Time I Die Glassjaw sorry Glassjaw with the support oh, yeah. um, and Glassjaw totally fucking destroyed they were mm. uh, so good live and yeah. the reason I stumbled over the name of the band is because I really wish it had been Every Time I Die because every time I see them they consistently get better and I saw Glassjaw 10 years um, to the year after seeing them play that set, and they were fucking awful. Yeah. But anyway, 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 <laughs> they played that one set in that one venue at, at that one time, mm. essentially opening for Soulfly on their primitive album. So Soulfly were oh, at yeah. kind of peak, peak, yeah. you know, Soulfly at the time, and Glassjaw annihilated them. Uh, yeah. Like they were so that. fucking good live, so raw, so intense. Uh, everything just sounded perfect. And it was one of those ones where I was like, let's see what Soulfly will do. And Soulfly did what Soulfly do, which is play yeah. very, very well and are very entertaining. But um, to, to to quote an American phrase, uh, I believe they stole the jelly from their donut. Um, <laughs> like, and like, you just couldn't follow it. You just could not follow it. It was such an intense, insane set. Mm. Um, and cemented them as, uh, as one of those bands that I would go and see somewhere down the road. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't, though, Dave. Really <laughs> yeah. Hadn't. But yeah, Glassjaw for me, and uh, insane. I'm sure it was 2000. It was uh, 2000 or 2001, and it mm. was in the garage in Glasgow. Yep. And yep. they were fucking that. incredible. So there you go. Yeah. That was a good show. Uh, Kyle, what about yourself? Well, this, uh, this was in 2017, Ooh. and this two of my favourite Polish death metal bands did a tour together and I couldn't fucking believe it. I was mm. like, they got together and they're going together. They're not like one's technical death metal and one's just general death metal, but it's Vader were the headline 
And mm. I love them. I love Vader. I've got like all of their albums and I love them to death. And I think they only keep getting better and better apart from the last couple of albums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they put on an incredible show. I flew to Poland to see them like six months before this show because they hadn't been to Norway in like seven or eight years. And I was like, I'm not fucking waiting. I'm going to Poland. I'm going to see them. They put on an incredible show there. So of course I was excited for when they come to Norway. But the support was decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i'd seen them recently too do it i did an interview with them for rock and reel mm. and uh and they put on a credible show that night and i was like but they absolutely blew vader out of the water that <laughs> night they just they more energetic more just together they played flawlessly mm. interacted with the crowd a lot better and then vader came on the stage and i don't know maybe it was maybe it was the 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 venue it's called a uh, park Teatre. it's in oslo and it's like teeny fucking tiny <laughs> so mm. like and um and the one i saw them in poland it was a massive like almost an are- arena it was a big old like old foundry building it had like a really tall ceiling and huge co- concrete columns and they had pyro and all the shit and none of that's a lot of noise so maybe they were just having an off night but i mean they were good enough but it was like decapitated just blew them away they just played so well and really played to the room it was great so that's nice. for me nice I'd really like to see Decapitated again, actually. Yeah, they're um, great. They're coming across I, uh, next year, Dave. Yeah, mm. I saw them. We saw them once, but it, it just it wasn't the right venue for them at all. Uh, they supported uh, Behemoth at the... Was that the O2 or was that... ABC. ABC, ABC yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, the venue just didn't work for yeah, them. Yeah, and, um, and they, Behemoth they were fucking incredible live. Behemoth played yeah. like a flawless fucking set, which, I mean, <laughs> and that was on yeah. the Satanist tour. So, I mean, like, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the card was already stacked against them. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd love to see them in just a, a small, tight venue. I think they would be absolutely amazing to see. Both times I've seen them, it's been in a small, tight venue. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Well, Tiny well, stage, and they're just like, let me let me throw let me throw a, a curve question and just like an additional Duncan question. Yeah. Because uh, it just came to me, and I, I, it's a great answer. Um, and I want to see if you guys have a similar experience. Um, support bands that you thought were like had stolen the show, and then the main act come on and were just better than you expected. <laughs> Oh, and I've man. got one here, and Dave might might swing in on this one, um, right. because it's our favourite gig. Um, and <laughs> Gojira headlined um, yeah. and Tuts. Yeah. Hate Sphere were the support band, and Hate Sphere put on a fucking incredible set. It was just like amazing fucking Danish th- thrash metal to the fucking wall. It had energy, it had power, it had everything that finished, and I was like, ah. <laughs> absolutely fucking spent right like just totally and I was like that well you know Gojira but this was my first time I'd seen Gojira so it's now the ongoing joke is they're a band who are like maybe the best band ever live and that's just it's just a given now but back then no one knew Dave no one fucking knew we didn't know and then Gojira come on and played the best live set that I've ever seen so (laughs) but I was up until that point I was like oh you just got served and then no they didn't uh, you got uh, you got one day where the support band was so fucking good you were like oh maybe they should have swapped a the bill um <laughs> come on oh come on David tough one um I've just thought another one fucking hell St- stamping ground open for every time I die and stamping <laughs> ground were fucking uh, tuts again it's the tuts yeah. curse fucking incredible stamping ground were amazing I thought like well because every time I die I don't even send anything like stamping ground 
And I was like, oh, yeah. and then they came out and they were amazing. So, so. actually, yeah. Um, Will Haven. Oh. Will Haven opened for the Deftones um, on their, I think that would be the, around the four. Was that around the four? Must have been, that, yeah. Cause, yeah, around the four. Yeah. Um, it was at the QMU, I think, in Glasgow. And Will Haven came on, and I was just like, who I had I didn't even really know much about them at that point um but when I saw them I was just like what who are this band and like I need to know more and what albums did they have that were fucking amazing live um but Deftones being Deftones they were just like hold my beer and, like, <laughs> <just> fucking, <laughs> yeah but consider was, your yeah, beer held yeah <laughs> 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 yep. Right, um, Kyle, what about yourself? Anything that springs you know, to mind? Yeah, actually, it was uh, Austra- I think they're Australian, Alcest. I thought they were playing oh, yeah. a fucking insane set. I'd never heard of him before, and I was really into it. And then right after them came on Opeth. <laughs> just like, okay, fine. <laughs> Michael Ockerfeld is talking to us in Swedish, and it's going great, and we're just, it played an incredible set. Yeah. So, yeah. It was actually, really, um, there was a gig at the at the cat house where it was just like the bands kept getting better mm. um which was i saw it was far that opened uh at the cat house i was like fucking amazing and then one minute silence i just dropped available in all colors at yep. the cat house it was insane like one of the craziest gigs i've ever seen and then incubus i just released science and they played that after one minute silence that was and it just kept getting better Jeez. um and I honestly thought when I watched One Minute Silence, the place went apeshit. Like there was just bodies flying everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, Incubus, what are they going to do? But like that album just is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Really. So um, they stole the show. But yeah, that was that was an amazing gig as well, actually. Removing Glass Jaw. Let's, oh, one more question because I'm enjoying this now. <laughs> uh, one, like, so removing Glass Jaw from the equation here because you were at that gig and it's probably one of the most disappointing gigs I've ever been at in my entire life. Removing them from the equation. Oh. Least impressed you were seeing a band that you'd paid money for that headlined a gig. <laughs> the headlining gig. Headlined a gig. So there were the headline. Oh, band. you know what? I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. Do it. Do it, Kyle. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I went to I went to the. It was in Southampton in the UK, and I saw Sepultura open up for Motorhead. And mm-hmm. um, I love Motorhead. I've loved them my whole life. But Sepultura fucking bought yeah. it. Yeah. And like Motorhead were just, I mean, they're all, they were all guys and everything. They just sort of stood there and sang their songs and got off the stage. And it was like, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm probably going to get some hate for that. But... <laughs> headliners. Yeah, headliners. I'll give you mine if you want. Okay. Um, so all for time, Dave. And I, I want, I, I just want to uh, kind of preface this by saying I saw the same act play within a year and they were incredible like really 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 good but on this particular gig they were not great and their support act was a band that i had thought were okay but they like just like once again stole the show but then they never really the headliner never rose to the occasion it's rob zombie um i saw rob zombie play at the carling academy supported by skindred Oh shit! Yeah. And Skindred were <laughs> fucking unreal, absolutely unreal, and energy, you know, all the rest. And Rob Zombie come out and he looked tired. He like he just <laughs> looked really, really, really tired. There was a lot of talking in between songs, and it wasn't great talking in between the songs. 
and the band just didn't look like they were interested at all. And then I saw him within a year open for Marilyn Manson at the the SECC, I think it was, and he was incredible. It was absolutely, it was, it was brilliant. Manson was really good as well, but Rob Zombie was the better act on the time, and it was the exact opposite. He was bouncing, he had energy, he was really funny, he was interacting with the crowd and all the rest, and I don't know what happened in that year. Um, but it was like, it was my first time seeing Rob Zombie. I think they had, can't remember what album they were on by then. It was maybe Hellbilly Deluxe 2, I think. Um, and I, I was just so excited about it because I knew his reputation, the live show and all the rest, and that was all there. It just he wasn't there. <laughs> like he just did, <laughs> did not look like he could give a fuck. Um, he just kept talking about how smelly the crowd was. Oh, Literally, nice. just kept saying, "I, I'd like every time I stop, I get like these waves of bo that that kind of come up onto the stage." And and I was just like, "What are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> this is the wrong. This is the wrong city to try this shit in Glasgow. Yeah. They will glass you." Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I say, I saw him within a year and he was fucking incredible, so. Mm. Nice. Um, I'm kind of struggling with this one. Um, the only one that kind of comes to mind, but I would say I wasn't particularly looking forward to seeing them anyway. Um, and the ticket wasn't expensive. But, oh, um, <laughs> you fuck um, off. Fuck <laughs> off. Well, were supporting them, to be fair. Yeah, because um, was the support actor. It was the, the Jägermeister's tour. Which was the O2, uh, headlined by Ghost. Ghost, yeah. Supported nah. by Gojira. Um, and I, I'm not the biggest yeah, fan Bill. anyway, but it's I wasn't. Bill. They didn't impress me. You know, I saw Gojira and Ghost on that, um, what's it called, Sonisphere Festival tour. They had oh, like yeah. five bands in Norway. It was Mastodon, Gojira, Ghost, Slayer, and Metallica. Fuck. And I enjoyed four of those five bands. And Slayer came on. And I was like, by the end of their set, I was like, why? This was really boring, and the, the the like the mix was awful, yeah. and it was all I could hear was bass drum, and that was it. And I'm just like, I I could have done without seeing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Metallica came on and blew them fuck fuck away, yeah. and they're just the same age. I was like, I mean, it's just like Slayer, but it was just like it was the most boring show I'd ever seen in my life. Hmm. Like linking back to like because all these gigs are now coming at mind. Um, yeah. I remember seeing uh, Tool headline over Mastodon. Oh. And I thought Mastodon, I thought Mastodon played maybe the one of the best sets I'd ever seen in my entire life, and I was floored at how good they were. And then Tool came out, and it was just it was just ridiculous. It was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like I'd like just sitting there going, because they don't do anything on stage, they don't move. But it was yeah. just That's like the thing with Slayer as well. They were just stood there going, I just watched fucking Kerry King do this for 45 minutes. Oh, so like, Tom and I got his neck fused, right? Yeah, I get that. <laughs> but the rest of them could fucking move around to make up for it, you know? <laughs> they're old men. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, okay, then Metallica is still making it happen. And yeah, jumping but, about the stage. Well, I mean, but that's because fucking Ulrich's got a fucking tin of oxygen beside him. <laughs> He's higher. Oh, he was started talking to us in Danish, and like Norwegian and Danish are really similar if you look at them on page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you listen to them spoken, Norwegian is really understandable, and Danish is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to speak to the crowd in Danish, or something. Like going, 
Yeah, thanks, Lars. Such a large <laughs> move, isn't it? Like that. It really is. You know, just I, I'll, no I'll try. I'll try and you know accommodate these <laughs> these Norwegian people by speaking in a language which isn't Norwegian. Um, yeah, I could have spoken Close. English, a language that they yeah. probably do yeah. get taught, but no, no, nah. Pretty much everyone speaks English, but Danish yeah. is like everyone yeah. I know who's Norwegian. They're just like, no, Danish, we don't get it. And Lars is like, oh, we're on the stage, and we're like, thanks. Puppy. It'd be like, yeah. like showing up in Tokyo to play and then speaking Swahili, and then uh-huh. and, 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 and open the audience. Like, Lars is such a cock, man. Yeah, really such is. a fucking yeah. cock. Yeah. So there we go. See that question, grew arms and legs. I like it this does, segment. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, right. So we've got another listener question uh, coming later in the show. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of music for you just now before we get into the albums we've been checking out over the last month. Um, this single um, comes from a band that we just well, we reacted to one of their tracks a couple of months ago, I think. Um, they just dropped a, a new banger. It's called To Wither Away. The band are called Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it's only right that I play this one on the show. Um, we really enjoyed that first single they dropped. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this album. Uh, the debut album is called Collapse by Design. It's going to be released on October 22nd on Sharp Tone Records. Uh, this is the second single. It's called The Weather Away. Hope you dig it. And we'll be back right after this. Just yet to go! 
That was Sentinels with To Wither Away. Uh, as I said, the album's going to be dropping on October 22nd via Chapter Records. If you want to check them out, facebook.com forward slash sentinelsnj. And uh, there'll be a little link in the Spotify description if you want to check the band out. Okay, gentlemen. So, albums we've been checking out, out with the uh, the reviews, because we've done a shit ton of reviews um, on the old YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but um have we had any time to listen to anything else no really but we're going to try anyway um i will kick us off with one one that i can't get off my rotation at all no matter what i do um it's i'm going to start off with something kind of non-metal to be fair um and then i'll what get stuff like this is metal epidemic you know, is, know but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's yeah. usually the first guy to throw abuse at us when we do this but i, I, I mean uh, it's, I it's fine it's fine it's, it's so good though um i'll get is it david <laughs> it is not Kyle, I'm afraid. Um sorry to disappoint. Um it's I'm still jamming the new album from a band called Lebrock. Mm. Um they put out an album called Fuse um a month or so ago. Um it's a stone cold banger, absolute banger. It's like 80s rock mixed with synthwave. Um huge anthems front to back, um, all tied up in a very 80s production. Um, like if you if you like bands like the Midnight or FM eighty four, there's definite hints of that going on. Um, but most of the tracks sound like they could have been from an eighties movie soundtrack. Um, and uh, and and where are they from? Peterborough, <laughs> <laughs> um, the mecca of eighties synth rock. Um, if you've not checked it out, I highly recommend it. Um, it's such a feel good. Like just you could just play it any time of the day. Um, Labrock are the band, and the album is called Fuse. Um, I can't stop playing it. Absolutely love it. Um, Duncan, what about you? You been listening to anything sexy recently? <laughs> Let me get this one out of the way. Uh, okay. And it, it might sound like I'm about to shit that. I actually really like this. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the new EP by Head PE, uh, which is called <laughs> Sandmine. Uh, uh-huh. Has anyone else listened to this except me? <laughs> uh, I did listen. I give it. I give it one listen. Yeah. <laughs> kind of became a quasi skindred <laughs> yeah but that's essentially yeah. what they've become and yeah. I actually I, I really like it <laughs> yeah it's um, he's he doesn't sound much like he used to sound either I'm assuming it's no. still Jared that fronts the band um yeah. he, his voice has changed quite a bit and he's trying some different things and I think there's probably other guys in the band helping him out with that mm. but um there's a, there's for an EP there's a good mix of styles on this one. They don't lean into the kind of stereotypical rap metal uh, bubble that they used to be in. There's moments of reggae in here. There's moments of like just out and out hip hop in here. They they kind of play with the that kind of what I call kind of urban pop. Stuff where yep. you get those big, like, you know, those big kind of synth noises that kind of... They, they play around with a lot of that. It's very, very, very catchy. It's f- fucking nonsense. But it's, <laughs> it's a really good, it's a really good listen. I think it's like five tracks or some shit like that. 20 minutes long. Mm. Um, and yeah, like, see if Head P just wants to do this every other year. Just release a, a five-track EP like this. 
I will continue listening to them. There are uh, like I, I, at this stage of their career, I expect nothing from them. So the fact that they can deliver anything entertaining makes me very happy. So yeah, mm. I've, I've spun it a few times, and um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think way back when I listened to Broke that I would still be kind of enjoying P <laughs> in twenty twenty one. I know. I know. Oh, man. Yeah, they 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 have become a wee bit of a guilty pleasure of mine as well, actually. Um, I, I, the, the last couple of albums have got a lot of hate, to be fair, but yeah, um, I kind of do like them as well. Like, it just it's just production's always immaculate yeah. on everything yeah. they do. The product, so like regardless of their stand, their standing or how many albums are shifting or what record label they're on or whatever, mm. their like the production to e fault is always perfect for what they're yeah. doing. Uh, it never sounds the same either. Um, no. Yeah, just just a, a really fun band <laughs> like that. Like I, I will happily say, I you know I'd, I'm a fan of. So yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if any of you guys checked out the the new EP from Structures. Um, I not no. Fuck. Yeah, no. Um, the the new EP is called None of the Above. Um, they've obviously they've been away for a while, like six, mm. six seven years since they've done anything. Um. Oh, what a what a return like this is just just absolutely dripping in big thick genty grooves um and to be honest if nothing else it's highlighted kind of how much they still absolutely have a place in this genre mm. um they as i said they haven't released them in a while um but to be honest they don't sound like they've been away for that long like it doesn't sound they don't sound rusty at all um they they still have a lot of really killer ideas um and it didn't you know, didn't it come across like they were just like kind of joining in? Like, here's our contribution to the the gent scene, folks. You know, it, it, like it's still this. This sounds like structures. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't just put out something that sounds like everybody else. Um, so I'm really pleased they're back, and I hope they're going to do something of a kind of like full length nature next. But um, the EP is definitely a really good kind of taster of hopefully bigger things to come. Um, but if you've not heard that structures and none of the above is um, well worth a listen. Again, it's not a, a long one; it's like four or five tracks, but um, five or oh, I can't remember. But uh, well worth checking out anyway. Um, Kyle, you've been checking anything out? Uh, I've been on a whole lot of industrial metal ever since I was... <laughs> <laughs> I've been going through all of like all of the back catalogue of KMFDM and shit like that (laughs) and of course there's been Slipknot on repeat as well the first couple of albums because old Joey's gone so I've been listening to put a lot of that on but generally pretty much that nothing new really Mm -hmm. I've been making a lot of music so like every now and then I'll just sort of sit back on the couch it'll be 11 o'clock at night like I need to listen to something and I'll press (laughs) random and it'll be KMFDM because that's all on my fucking playlist (laughs) right now (laughs) you you messaged me today about, about a band Oh yeah, um, I've been listening about Zero Mancer. Yeah, what, so mm. what are those guys all about? Uh, they're like industrial metal mm-hmm. as well, more okay. industrial metal, but they're Norwegian, and they're coming out with a new album in September. Yeah, and it's the first one in like seven or eight years. So. Yeah, I remember right. them from mm. when they're, yeah. they were around the first time. So yeah, oh, right. okay, uh, really good. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, happy. Um, I uh, I got the album in for review. Um, oh yeah. Did you, like put it in the, did you put it in the pile of stuff that Dave doesn't want to read? Look at the face, I could tell. I could fucking tell. Like, so that's coming. Dave's read it. It said industrial. He knows that I like industrial. He knows that you like industrial. And Dave put it in the bin. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. 
put my hands up, guys. Yes. <laughs> um, Kyle, Kyle messaged me today. I was like, I know that name. Why do I know that name? I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Better uh, fish that out of the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> So I, 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 well, to the PR company, I seem to have misplaced your email. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you misplace it, Dave? The recycle bin. Yeah. <laughs> That's no longer where that belongs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we will. Uh, we'll check that one out. Um, coming soon to a review site near you. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, checked out a band called Fall Fifty Feet. Oh. Um, all one word. Um, the album is called Twisted World Perspective. Uh, I kind of seen it like posted in a couple other kind of sites. They're, they're quite a kind of obscure kind of band, but um, and not really easy to pigeonhole either. Uh, it's kind of like part metalcore, part post hardcore, part kind of mathy, part kind of full on hardcore. So um the metalcore stuff is kind of more leaning towards like the late 90s early 2000s kind of sound um but a, a definite kind of like interesting collection of sounds for sure um they're, they're quite they pack a kind of like quite a meaty punch on the, the metalcore front um, but it's got that kind of like a kind of angular twist to it and also it's got like the post hardcore kind of hooks to it as well like a like a slightly more mathy wrist meets razor if that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. um not like even though there's a lot going on it's not reinventing the wheel massively um they they clearly wear like their influences on their sleeve but um i found it an enjoyable 40 minutes um and it seems to be getting quite good reviews quite like across the board uh quite a new band as well this this could be like either the first or second thing they've done um so i'm, I'm excited to hear what they do next because they've definitely got you can hear they've got potential in them so um if you like any of the kind of styles i mentioned it's definitely worth a listen uh fall 50 feet the band are called uh, a twisted world perspective is the name of the album uh duncan anything else uh, yeah so um this one's had a few plays i actually only found out that it was released get the time right so i got this last week but i think it's been out for a few weeks um the right. new album from year of no light dropped a uh, consolamentum um mm-hmm. so for those that don't know they're french for a start but they're like a french post metal band but yeah to call them post metal is kind of not really doing them justice they they do a lot there's a lot in there um and the same way that if you sit down and listen to something like cult of luna they're not just a post metal band they're doing lots of other things or like the ocean for example it's not just post metal they mix a lot of things and they're on the more darker and aggressive side um so you get bits of sludge a bit of black metal in there um and yeah, this is this is great. It's like five tracks long, but it's like almost an hour in length <laughs> because because post metal. Um, so they hadn't put out anything I want to see in a couple of years, and I listened. My introduction to them was a couple of years ago, and it was on one of these. If you like, and it must have been Cult of Luna. It must have been. If you like Cult of Luna, you will like Year of No Light. Um, yeah. I remember checking it out and I thought it was fine and they're not a band that to be honest has ever really been on my radar since but I played this one quite a few times there's something very absorbing about it you know, like it, 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 you feel yourself getting lost in the tracks but like I say yeah. the tracks are this is one that you don't just like 
I'm just going to pick myself up. And uh, this is not a Kyle's just finished recording an album, 11 o'clock at night, we'll just shove on year in no light. Because um, I think the, so- the shortest song on it is like eight minutes long and the longest Ooh. one is about 13. And there's a right. couple that are about the 13 mark. So, But I, I really like it. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they're, they're from... I want to say they're from Gojira territory. So I think they're Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're around there and... Uh, yeah, I, they're one of these bands that I don't think are necessarily all that well known, but um, this EP slash album, <laughs> depends if we're working this out, uh, is worth your time. So it's called Col- <laughs> Consolamentum, and the, the, the band are Year of No Light. So that's the one for me. And I will also bring that in with Bizarre Cult, Cult with a K, who are a black metal death metal band um who had me at the artwork the artwork is like a walking it's like a walking moose but like the earth is on the back of the moose walking over snowy mountains because black metal um you have to have that in there or it's not black metal and uh, this is really good actually it's, it's not amazing by any stretch of the imagination but the mixed they've got the production of death metal with the kind of vocal styling of black metal and the intensity of black metal kind of smooshed together. So it's like black metal with good production. Mm. So it's a weird thing to listen to because you, you can actually critique it. Um, but it's really, really good. Uh, the album is called, and I can never, but it's in the foreign language, uh, V Over Levde. It's probably not right. Um <laughs> It's most likely not right. Um, where are they from? That sounds Scandinavian. I have not a fucking clue where they're from. So um, what, are they, what are they called again? Bizarre cult. Cult is with a key. Um, it's all one word. But their album's yeah. just dropped, and yeah, I like it. I, like I say, I don't think it's amazing, um, but it's got really good production on it, and it is. You know, it leans more towards the black metal than it does necessarily the death metal, but because it's produced quite well, I can kind of get into it. Um, I know I did my shots fired at black metal earlier on, uh, but I've said it before, one of my biggest gripes about the genre as a whole is they really go for that, let's make it sound like dog shit production. Um, Mm. And as a result, it's kind of difficult to critique it out with, I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. it's just all fucking noise this one actually has like a good production behind it which I think elevates it uh, so yeah Bizarre Cult and whatever, however you pronounce that fucking they yeah. are Norwegian there you go oh. country Norway and it's, it's pronounced V Overlevde thank you <laughs> <laughs> almost what I said <laughs> but not like quite just so close uh, yeah but, uh, like uh, the be- I know you're not necessarily a, a fan of that stuff Kyle, but it'd be interesting to get your take on it the next time we chat. Um, All right. I'll leave this link open then. And I will see. V overlev, that means we survived. So I will see if I will survive this. Yeah. And (laughs) if you can see the artwork, you will see why I picked it. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's fucking minted. It's like the good old days of seeing some artwork and listening to the band based on that. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So there's that. I have one more album, but you can catch me on the way back. Nice. Um, did any of you check out the new album from Times of Grace? No. So I wasn't particularly looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> and we, we got the album in for review, and it, it went into that same folder as that other band we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the uh, 
the side project of um, Adam and Jesse from Kill Switch Engage. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out a new album called Songs of Loss and Separation. Um, this is, I think this is the second album because I'm sure there was like 10 years or something like that since that since the last album they've done. Um, this is like, it's way more like kind of melodic than, than Kill Switch. Um, it's still got a kind of Kill Switchy vibe in places, um, but it's just a little bit more kind of radio friendly. Um, but honestly, I, I, after listening to it, I think it's better than anything Kill Switch have done in the last five years, to be honest. Um, it's just like really kind of well written, hook laden kind of melodic metal um kill switch are always good at writing a hook you know what mm-hmm. i mean and and this album is just chock full of them to be honest um and it feels like like musically it probably is more of a vehicle for jesse's voice um the riffs aren't like overly complex or technical um they just kind of do what's required to deliver that kind of big anthemic type track um i mean it's nothing that's going to blow your mind or that you haven't heard before but it is done really well. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, so give it give it a spin if you if you if you if you've liked Kill Switch at all, um, then it's it's definitely worth a listen. He has got a really good voice, even though I do prefer Howard Jones. Um, he does have a, a really good kind of melodic voice for those kind of big epic choruses, um, and that this album's just basically full of that. So it's Times of Grace and Songs of Loss and Separation, um, and then my last one I've got is. Um, one that I'd fired over at you guys a couple of days ago um, by a band, a German band called uh, Lantlos, mm-hmm. um, who I'd never heard of before. Like, this was the first time I'd heard the band, but they've got like four or five albums out. And um, apparently, they used to be a post black metal band, like way back in the day. Um, <laughs> not anymore. See, I'm starting to see a, a, a theme just now with post black metal bands and um, <laughs> wanting to sound like they're in the 80s. Um, yeah. seems to be a yes. trend <laughs> yes um this doesn't sound like post black metal at all um i mean it still has melody but it's um it's kind of like it's, it's a tough one to describe it's kind of like what i would say is it's kind of like shoegaze meets alternative metal um there's 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 some death tones in there for show um <laughs> but it's mixed with a more kind of shoegazy kind of alternative sound um it's a, a definitely interesting mix um the the kind of one band that it did remind me of um more than others was a band from last year called shiner uh from uh, missouri um they put a really good album called uh schadenfreude i think it was called something like that um and it had that kind of similar balance of like um, metal and an alternative kind of vibe but with these kind of dreamy kind of soundscapes to them um definitely well worth checking out It's it's a weird one to describe it does have a bit of an 80s thing as duncan says um but I did, I did really enjoy it. I found myself going back to it quite a few times. Um, the album is called Wild Hund. Um, so give them a listen. Um, I did quite. It's quite different. Quite liked it. Uh, guy's got a really cool voice. Uh, Duncan, what you got to <laughs> right. finish this off? Uh, right. So let's get. Let's just get a couple of singles out of the way, uh, which are worth mentioning. Um, yeah. First one that's worth mentioning is that. Um, Churches, uh, a, a Glasgow kind of, don't know, just electronic pop band, maybe. Mm. Kind of yeah. feel like that's not doing them justice by calling them that. Uh, have a new album that is incoming, imminently called Screen Violence. Um, and right now, they are, them and John Carpenter, for no reason at all, like two, <laughs> two artists that are divided by almost everything, are 
kind of playing with each other in the best possible way in that um, uh, Turning Them Bones, as uh, which is a track of the Lost Themes that John Carpenter's been doing at the moment, um, they've just done a remix of and it's fucking banging. And then Flip It Round, upcoming track from the new Churches album called Good Girls, John Carpenter has done a remix of that. So if you're at all interested in John Carpenter and yeah. or Churches... They're out there. It's blown yeah. my tiny little fucking mind. Um, <laughs> another one that I want to just swing out because let's swing them out. We played them on the last podcast, but I can't stress how fucking much I played the new puppy single, Angel. Like, oh, oh yeah. so much, yeah. man. It's just, it's just a pure fucking good. Just a pure fucking good. Like, just get that in your life and count down till the album comes out. Mm. Uh, the have a new single out called Hurt. Um, yeah. What shocked me is they played that download thing, that mini download festival. All right. I would. I'm glad that they did, but once again, it like I'd never like Vakovi are a weird band in that they seem to straddle that. Are they, you know, are they alternative or are they pop? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the heavy guitars that obviously push them that way, but everything else about the band is 100 pop. So yeah. it's weird that that's kind of been going. Uh, it's just been rattling around in my brain um, you're going to hate me uh, Poppy has done our pre-release for our album which is called Flux which sounds totally different from everything else she's been doing for the last year why should this surprise anyone um, <laughs> she's going for a kind of 90s era garbage sound Oh. It's really, it's really good. I really like. I think her voice suits that better than it suited the, the stuff that she did. And I disagree. Uh, but the album's called Flux. There's two songs out for it: Flux and Her. Um, so I would both recommend them. But the last album that I want to talk about, whilst I have your attention, <laughs> is an album which uh, was a bit of a guilty pleasure from a band that are a total guilty pleasure. <laughs> It's one of these bands that you're kind of like, oh yeah. It's like it's like when anyone asks you what you're listening to, and you're like, yeah, I checked out the newer tree. You and people are like, oh, what? Uh, eighteen visions, believe it or not, are still on the go. Um, I can't believe they're still on the go. I thought they did disband, then they came back with a uh, album, but they've just released an album called Nineteen Ninety Six. I'm sure there's. All right some reason for it being called 1996 but um <laughs> and it is completely inoffensive kind of uh, like kind of uh, like radio mail that's the only way i can yeah. describe it like all the balls that that band had you know back when they were on fucking trust kill or whatever the record label was where they were actually yeah. a lot more angsty before they did singing choruses it's kind of gone and they've got the formula down kind of par now but it's, I, I mean it was I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it it's got hooky choruses um, there's nothing else about it that's worth going back to but the choruses are pretty hooky so 18 Visions 1996 cool. yes I'm still listening to them yes I'll stop listening to them when they leave so, like, <laughs> so if, if they want to hang up then I can stop listening to them but until then uh, I will keep going back so nice excellent nice one gentlemen um, we're going to play a bit of music now uh, from Norway, Kyle. Um, our, next, <laughs> our next single of the show comes from the mighty Norwegian death metal band Blood Red Throne. Oh, I take it uh, back. They're good friends of mine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, see. Uh, the band have pulled back the curtain on a decimating new song titled Conquered Malevolence. Uh, the vicious track is featured on the veterans' impending 10th album, Imperial Congregation, due out on October 8th via Nuclear Blast. Uh, with over 25 years and 10 albums soon to be under their belt, Blood Red Throne are dedicated to the continual delivery of straightforward, exceptional death metal, with Imperial Congregation being no exception. This time around, we've made something new and fresh in our sound. We felt it was felt from the very first song it was written. This will take us to a whole different level in terms of arrangements, riffs, vocals, everything. We are super excited to share this with our fans and cooperation with the greatest label ever. So there we go. Um, Conquered Malevolence, the new single from Blood Red Throne. Gotta play it for you right now. And we'll be back right after this.
go with some blood red throne for you just to get you absolutely pumped for the next section of the podcast um if you want to check these guys out facebook.com forward slash blood red throne official um as i said that album drops october 8th via nuclear blast so um it is that time of the podcast where we like to give some shit away um we didn't do it on the last episode because we were doing our mid-year lists but the competitions are back and um, on this episode we're giving away a copy of the new album from french rockers lddsm um, also known as los dissidentes del succio motel oh which, i should go out del succio <laughs> which explains why they go by lddsm um <laughs> oh del succio in the hotel eh? <laughs> i like where we're going here Let's get down and dirty. Um, Metal Epidemic uh, reviewed the album back in March. It was reviewed by Mr. Paul Kearney. And um, we have a copy of said album to give away. Um, if you've never heard the band before, they describe themselves as a Latter-day Baroness jamming some Pink Floyd. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's quite kind of stonery, um, but it's got some nice kind of atmosphere and psychedelic moments in it as well. Um, all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning said album is answer the following question. Question is, which colour was the first Baroness album named after? See how I linked that? Do you see how I did that? Which colour was the first Baroness album named after? Google... <laughs> is your friend people um if you know the answer all you have to do is email us at the metal epidemic at gmail.com or slide into those old dms on twitter facebook instagram or jump over to the discord server link in the description below and let us know the answer the winner will be announced on our next podcast there you go when a wee album post it out to you i've even been getting pictures of people when they receive said album which is cool i like it Tweet him. Yeah. <laughs> Should do, yeah. Proof um, to the world they actually get the album. Yes. <laughs> yep. uh, one of them did post to the, the Facebook page. I don't know if, mm. if people will see that or no. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, in fact, I think I maybe did retweet the second one, actually. I think I did do that, Kyle, actually. I think I did. There you go. That's where I got I the so. idea from. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Dave. Uh, no problem. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're going to do our second <laughs> listener question of the podcast. Um, this one comes from a gentleman just called Harry, uh, no surname. Um, and uh, the start of the message says, for attention of Kyle. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> um, this is, so, this is, this is directed at Kyle, but um, Duncan and I will also, you know, is it a drum-related question? It probably uh, is. It's, it's, it's not, actually. It's not <laughs> drum-related. No, no, I'm really interested. Um, so, Harry says, Kyle, you are in the production chair mm. and you have an unlimited budget. Mm. You can choose one album you'd like to remix and remaster. Ooh. Which one would it be? Oh, and then he says, stay sick, lads. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Oh, man. So I'll let you ponder that question, Kyle. 
God, that's a difficult one. I'll let you ponder that. Um, which <sighs> album would you remix and remaster? Um, I had a, I had a few came to mind. Um, oh, yeah, maybe I got one. I don't know. <laughs> the, the first one that comes to mind is on Kyle's T-shirt, and that would be. Death Magnetic by Metallica. That was <laughs> what came to my mind as well. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> um, because that album, fuck me. Who left that leave the studio? Yeah, but is it worth oh. your time and effort polishing up those songs? I mean... <sighs> I mean, that album probably needs re-recorded, to be honest, but... Um, <laughs> um The other one that came to mind was uh, Mudvayne and Ooh. The End of All Things to Come. That's a good idea. Um, Going from like LD50, which is just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Production is just fucking awesome. And then they released that and it was just like, oh, guys. And we spoke about before, David Bottrell is a fucking great producer. Like the, like yeah. a couple of years before, he did Tools Lateralis, which is <laughs> yeah. an impeccably fucking produced album. So I do <laughs> not know what happened there. <laughs> no. And it, the thing is that the songs are pretty decent. I mean, they're not as good as LD50, but they were decent songs. I just think they could have been so much better with a with a decent production. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one also sprung to mind. Um, what was the other one? There was one more that I was thinking. Um, I, I don't know, actually. Actually, I'm not sure about this one. There was one that I'm on the fence about because I don't know if the production actually kind of works because it is a bit kind of undercooked um the one i was thinking was the first unearth album uh, the stings of conscience um that album is so fucking heavy um and when you, but when you listen to the production of that compared to the other albums it, it does so it does feel a wee bit like not not cheap but it just it doesn't sound like the other albums um but it kind of it kind of works as well the, the guitars particularly are do sound really chunky on it but I'm not sure about that one. Um, I'm on the fence about it. Duncan, anything come to mind for you? Uh, vulgar display of power. Ah, uh, yeah. Display of power. Pantera. I uh, give it. I give it yeah. more. More bass with two C's. I give it more bass, more mids. Tone yeah. down the fucking high end on the guitar. Jesus yeah. Christ! Mm. I do a whole lot of stuff to it. It's, it's, it's one of those albums where <laughs> the song, the songs as a whole, are fucking incredible, but the production just mm. doesn't. And they yeah. fix it by Far Beyond Driven. Like Far Beyond Driven comes yeah. out, and you hear like I think a lot of people just assume on some level that you know, like Far Beyond Driven's the album that comes out that kind of cements them as a much more aggressive, much more snarly, angry band. All that's yeah. there, and you know, vulgar display of power. But the production is what saps it out because when you hear yeah. those songs live from those tours, if you're watching like the Pantera videos and all the rest, they're fucking brutal as fuck. Um, but mm. that production, don't know what happened yeah. there at all because Cowboys from Hell is produced fucking great, oh. and it's like there's I don't know if it's because there's like a year between the albums or something, and maybe they rushed it. I, mm. I don't know. I okay. I can't even remember who did it, who. Um, who was in the production chair for that? Terry Date not do all of the albums apart from reinventing the steel. Because it's even by Terry Date standards, it's not a good album. You know, no, like so yeah. They could have just sat and got that oh, sounds awesome, and then they just got dug in a hole, and they thought it sounded good, and then no, I didn't. We all been. I, th- I, th- I think there's. I think there's a part. I, I don't know how. Like I said before, I don't know how much of that is the you know signed. They obviously were, what they were on Electra Records or something. Um, I think uh, back in the day, and I don't know how much of that is. We need to capitalize while 
we get in talk, we've got all these songs written on the road, let's get in and get them recorded and here's the street date and there isn't there mm. isn't that time baked in to to go back and fix things. Um but the songs, I mean the songs are songs are some of my favourite songs that Pantera ever written are on that album. That just the production is yeah, so Terry Date did them all apart yeah. from reinventing the steel. Very weird. To, I, the one thing I've never done is I've never went back to because he did remaster. I don't know if he, he remastered did, yeah. it, but they, they did yeah. the anniversary one. I've never went back to see if that actually did improve things or if the mm. masters themselves are a bit. Yeah. Immense. So yeah, that's the one. That's the one that instantly sprung to mind for me. Um, mm. And weirdly, when you mentioned Metallica, I thought the obvious one you would go for is Injustice for All, which has well, no I bass think, player. I think it, it, it got remastered, I'm sure. Mm. Not a remix, but yeah, the bass, there's no bass on that album. There's no bass in that album. <laughs> the thing is, that one's kind of infamous for that, so I don't I know. think it would. It's like, why, why mess with something that's so hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why go on a massive search for a bass player that no one can hear? Why subject uh, <laughs> myself to the absolute horrific time it must be spent with Lars Ulrich? <laughs> the yeah. thing, the thing that can always, can, yeah, like when people. Yeah. In fact, there you go. If you want to talk, about, oh, we didn't, we didn't. Don't upset him. Don't upset him. How how we skip this? That's or, the one time you would use drum Yeah, that's the one time I would. He'd be like, Lars is coming to the studio now. It's all right. I got this. Fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, the, the one thing we never mentioned um, in our in our what have we been listening to? Did anyone listen to that Guns and Roses single? No, oh, I didn't. Oh, it's, it's fucking awful. One. Oh, it's oh, awful. Really? Yeah, the, the, like if you like Axel Rose sings through a, a megaphone for the whole fucking album. <laughs> uh, for the whole what song, the sorry. The whole song. Like, so there is no melody in the song. What? I shit you what? not, go and listen to it. It's three minutes of the same riff playing over and over again, a guitar solo and someone speaking into a megaphone. Um it's, it's baffling. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. Because um, like like Axel Rose, that's the thing you can do. <laughs> like you can do that. You can do the vocal thing. That's what that's no yeah. no no no. That's could nuts. be anyone on that. Could be anyone on that <laughs> recording, um, and it'd be fine. And also like because we're talking about uh, injustice for all, and you know, but, you know, um, I'd like sometimes I do feel myself kind of feeling a little bit like whenever you read those articles, it does sound like Jason Newstead had the most miserable time. He got to play all over the world, but like, <laughs> but at the same time though, he recently got interviewed. I think this was last year, where he was asking like how he does from like you know residuals from things like the Black Album and all the rest. And Jason mm. Newstead said that very early on, this is one of the things he does thank Metallica for. Um, very early on I think maybe after Injustice for All uh, Hetfield got him introduced to like some money guy or whoever who basically took care of things at that point for him had already mm-hmm. started putting stuff away and Newstead says that he actually never needs to work never needs to play music again or do anything against his life and he would still have a fucking mint life for the rest of his life <laughs> uh, of the money he gets from and you think about him they've just done that They've just done all that vinyl shit not that long yeah. ago, so all that money goes back to him again. <laughs> like, mm. basically, every time they must announce something like that, he must be sitting there going, "Excellent." Lavish <laughs> uh, yeah, so... me with your dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Anything come to mind, Kyle? Yeah, a couple of things. 
So obviously Metallica, because fucking what were they thinking with, you know, Death Magnetic? The songs are really good, but they're just unlistenable. They're just, yeah. I can't get through them. Pantera, obviously, because that'd be good. Mm. But that most recent sixth album, uh, The Future in Whose Eyes, I thought the, the production of that was just far too squeaky clean. Mm. And I think if they went back to the old ways of how they sounded, you know, a bit rough around the edges, it would have suited their sound down to the ground. So mm. I think it was actually the, their new vocalist, Joe Rosser, that did that production uh, on right. that. Okay. And but he's, I it just didn't work. I mean, mm -hmm. the songs were good, but I mean, it was just like everything was just too clean and too sparkly. And I was like, yeah, I'd right, like to go back and do that. Um, another one is the height of callousness by Spineshank. <laughs> I'd like to bring Ooh. that up to modern standards because I gave it a listen a while ago for that 2002 thing we did. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, I'm like, <laughs> how did this get popular? Oh, that's bad, you know. It sounded good at the time because it we did, were all yeah. 15 and 16. Like, yeah, we didn't give a fuck at all. I, think, but, I mean, because it came after Strictly Diesel as well, which yeah, wasn't great. No, no. Um, Diesel has I think everyone like thought it was an improvement. But, on it yeah. as well. That's the problem. <laughs> Had Dinozars, yeah. fucking oh, Amir Derek, and uh, about another five other musicians co wrote that album and produced it for yeah. them. So, mm. yikes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what that's a couple I'd go back and do if I had unlimited yeah. money and all that. I'd be like, right, we're throwing the fucking everything at these two albums because yeah. they're great, but they need some work. Yeah. And anything, if I had unlimited budget, all of those albums I've complained about the past year, I'd bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> Just every single one. Like, okay, we're gonna make your song sound good now. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, there, there's some there's some from like way back in the day, like the olden like kind of eighties, nineties. That I don't know if like remixing them and remastering them, mastering them would would kind of lose a bit of the magic yeah. from them. Yeah, I think um, so. Because like one that came to mind for me was um, Suffocation. They they released the yeah. Spawn back in like mm. ninety three, and it's a really muddy album for a death yeah. metal album. And I was thinking, yeah, that might might work with a remix remaster, mm. but it's kind of known for that kind of muddy yeah. sound so i don't know i don't know if i would do that i tell you what i'd like to listen to the first two lama god albums for the good production because <laughs> 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 sometimes I just, I just can't get past it it's like oh fuck this you know yeah <laughs> yeah i was just to see no, no, the, the just... first one wasn't bad um as the palace is born that first version was fucking nope. <laughs> yeah. dog shit man Devin <laughs> um, fuck's sake they did do a a remake would they do a remix they did yeah i think and it was slightly better um so. and you know what i can't go through a podcast without mentioning a pitch if i'd like to remaster, remaster <laughs> redo the whole catalog because it'd be great i listen <laughs> to them loads and loads and i don't know why they keep popping up on spotify and i'm just like you need a thicker guitar tone and any bass at all <laughs> bit shifter Nice. Well, uh, thank you for your listener questions. Um, thank you, are... Harry. That was interesting. I'm yes. glad it wasn't just about drums. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, if you want to send us a question for the next show, um, you can go to metalepidemic.com forward slash um, fuck, what is the URL again? <laughs> Isn't it just metalepidemic.com slash ask? I can't remember. Hold on. Slash ask Jeeves. Uh, and Dave, Dave thinks I'm editing this out now, because he's not perfect. <laughs> no. I, we did joke earlier on about age creeping up on him. This is the first sign. The first sign is forgetting shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't find it on the website. Oh, uh, Jesus. Who designed this website, Dave? It's the fucking dementia kicking in here. Um, 
<laughs> there we go. Metalepidemic.com forward slash ask metal epidemic. That was easy to remember. How the fuck did I forget that? Because it's ask the name of the segment. Ep- the name of the segment is Ask Metal Epidemic. So yep. mm-hmm. so if you go to the website, metalepidemic.com forward Epidemic, there's a, a little or a big red button where you can record a voice message, a little voicemail for us. Um, and we can put that on the show um, if you send us one of those. Um, or alternatively, there's a little form that you can fill in below that where you can ask us a question. So if you don't want to, you know, want us to hear your voice or you're a bit shy, um, then you can leave us a message on there. Um, or you can get in touch through our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, whatever. Um, ask us a question for the next show. Happy to check them out. So um, next on the show, I've got another single for you. Um, and I thought I would add this one into the podcast because we'd kind of spoken about them. I think it was off air, mind you, when we spoke about them last. But uh, we were chatting recently about a band called Green Lung. Ah, yeah. Um, who are from the UK, which yep. I didn't know. Um, oh, yeah. And kind of kind of folky, kind of doom, with a wee bit of kind of traditional metal vibes in there. Um as I said, I didn't realise they were British until I read the press release. I was like, oh, right, okay, UK band, did not know that. Um, they draw inspiration from bits of folklore, uh, witchcraft, and cultish horror films. Um, Duncan, just like, check, check, I was like, check. the good shit. <laughs> uh, they have just dropped a new track recently uh, called Reaper's Scythe, um, which is from their upcoming album, Black Harvest. Um, the album's going to be released on October 22nd via Svart Records. And um, I'm going to play the track for you right now. Uh, this is Greenlong and Reaper Scythe. Um, we'll be back right after this. <laughs>
Okay, that was Greenlong and Reaper's Scythe. I think I said Reaper's Scythe, actually, looking back at that. Reaper's Scythe, isn't it? Scythe. Scythe. I was going to say, but then I thought maybe it's a Scottish thing because Duncan didn't react, so I was like, ah. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't wasn't paying attention. Uh, Yeah, I just Next time, I'll just bring it up. Did you say that right, Dave? Yeah, I don't know why. What I was thinking there, Reaper's Scythe, sorry. Um, If you want to check these guys out, it's facebook.com forward slash Greenlong Band. I would say that we are probably going to review this album um, because it's Spark Records and we love Spark Records. So uh, keep your eyes peeled and your ears open (laughs) for some uh, review action coming soon on the new Green Lung album. So, gentlemen, it is that time again. It is album review time. And uh, for this review, Duncan, Kyle, and I have been checking out the new album from technical metal group Utopia. Mm -hmm. Um, The band's new album, Stalker, will be released on August 27th via APF Records. So, this is the uh, debut album from Utopia, um, a band created by guitarist John Bailey and corrupt moral alter vocalist Chris (laughs) Reese. Now, John Bailey is, wait for it, the guitarist for, I'm just going to watch your mind blown right now, two people, Russell Watson and Alad Jones. Yep, you heard that correctly. He is the touring guitarist for Russell Watson and Alad Jones. That's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to be like, I'm going to blow your mind here. John Bailey is my dad. <laughs> I know it's difficult to believe, and he doesn't know it yet, but he's my dad. So. John, <laughs> if you're out there, call me. Um, Hi, Dad, you missed 39 birthdays, you fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, when I read that, I was like, Wait, what? Russell Watson and Alan Jones. What? Just the snowman sense. guy. Yes, we're walking in the air. And Russell Watson, the, the operatic kind of classical singer. Yes. Um, makes a lot of sense listening to Utopia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the album also sees John and Chris joined by a fairly impressive list of guest musicians, such as four drummers, um... <laughs> Uh, Billy Reimer of Dillinger Escape Plan and uh, he also played for Glassjaw for a wee while Mm -hmm. Uh, Bard Colstad from Leprous Lee Fisher from Fawn Limbs and Psyopus and Cy Blakelock from Tangaroa and Dream Troll Um, also um, they have guitarist Simon Peter King um, bassist Aaron McSporin from D Profundus and Vervum Mm -hmm. and finally keyboardist Mike Moran from Ozzy Osbourne and George Harrison. So, quite a, an impressive list of guests uh, on this one. Um, but the initial kind of idea for the band was formed by uh, John Bailey, who wanted to kind of bring together all the music he loves, um, creating something <laughs> aggressive and intense, but also kind of well thought out and kind of intelligent. He said, "I wanted it to be super heavy and crazy, but also really emotional. The music combines elements of jazz and various styles of metal." The songwriting is very important lyrically and structurally. 
the lyrics draw influence from philosophy, literature, art, and film, particularly the films of Andrei Tarkovsky. Oh yes, um, Tarkovsky. <laughs> but dying, uh, the album was mixed <laughs> and mastered Long by... and in black and white. That's the way I like it. <laughs> uh, mixed and mastered by Rob Hobson at Silent City Records. So, um, this is like another one of those albums where the musicians contributing to the album are located all over the world. Um, so that always kind of interests me. I'm always kind of keen to hear how that comes across on like the final product, considering like a lot of this would have been recorded separately and not as a full band. Um, and also, this is it's not a style that I imagine would be like plain sailing just to kind of nail down. You know what I mean? This is. This is pretty twisted and complex. Um, like pulling influences from bands like Dillinger, Meshuga, Botch, Dysrhythmia. Um, this is, it's not a, a four on the floor type album, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and I think, like for me, uh, these albums can often go kind of one of two ways. Um, they either go really deep on the kind of techie, kind of mathy stuff, and it becomes an album that's really impressive, like technically on the surface, but maybe not with a huge amount or huge amount of substance um or kind of taking a band like dillinger as an example um they deliver you know all that kind of intricacy in, intricacy and technical kind of goodness mm-hmm. uh, but it's balanced out with like melody or some form of hook um something you can kind of hold on to after the album is finished um but it's also got that kind of bit of depth to it as well um, and for me, after listening to this album a good few times, um, I think this album, for the most part, kind of leans more into the latter. Um, initially, I, I kind of thought, like, when I first started listening to this, I thought oh, this is going to be like one of those albums that's just full of the most complex structures and rhythms and time signatures that's just going to leave you your head in bits like by the end of it. Because it does start off with that kind of very like Dillinger-esque mm. kind of... And like when I say Dillinger, I mean like kind of old Dillinger, yeah. like, you know, calculate infinity kind of did Dillinger with loads of blasts and, you know, disjointed riffs and rhythms um, with maybe maybe some kind of more kind of jazzy undertones, especially in the bass playing at times. But um, and I, I don't mind that. I absolutely don't. Um, it definitely has its place for sure. But that can be quite exhausting, you know, to listen to for a full album. Um, but what did surprise me on that first track was the kind of kind of ebb and flow that it, that it took um it doesn't like remain at that full intensity for the entire track they they transitioned into some um kind of nice kind of cleaner more progressive moments and then they finish you off with something a bit more kind of riff based that's like quite dissonant and quite meaty um and i really enjoyed that kind of journey of like sounds and ideas um it wasn't just like a wall of of sound and you know rhythms and complex complexities for like three minutes um they kind of dipped in and out of that heaviness which i think for me anyway it kept me kind of intrigued to like where where is this album going to go next um and to be honest they, they use that kind of technique on a lot of the tracks you know blending that like extremely technical kind of math core element with like clean progressive or jazz sections um kind of like a like a dillinger meets like a bit of candiria but um a little bit of sixth as well at times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that yeah that sixth vibe kind of popped up quite a few times in this um mm-hmm. there's a track on the album called what about me um and you can hear it in the kind of the guitar lead work um but also vocally um mm-hmm. chris it's chris reese obviously from corrupt moral altar and 
he has got like one of the most kind of varied array of tones and textures like he, he can do the real like guttural stuff during the heavier parts but he's got a really cool kind of mid-range as well but then he can switch into that kind of it kind of remind me of that kind of eccentric kind of mikey goodman type vocal as well so i really enjoyed what he was bringing to the table i think he fits this style really well um but at times they this band also bring a kind of imposing almost kind of doomy post-metal thickness to their sound as well um i think the the title track was when it, when it really kind of hit me um just these huge chords that are like layered with atmospheric lead work it, it sounds massive um and it appears again on a track called happiness and, and again on moscow holiday i love that side of their sound it's something that you don't get an awful lot of from kind of standard kind of math core type stuff um and although these guys don't have that kind of dillinger or sixth kind of clean vocal hook i felt like this was a really good replacement for that kind of melody that didn't have vocally um like musically there's no denying like how impressive this is um the guitar work from john bailey is sickeningly good you know some of those riffs are unbelievable the solos as well incredible um there was a solo on um impotent impotent prophet i think the track was called mm -hmm that just shouldn't work like the the riffs uh, in the background of that track are really dark and kind of dissonant but the solo over the top was really like uplifting it just like, the two kind of tones of it just sounded a issue that i had with uh with this is not every track kind of felt like a complete home run um i felt there were a couple of moments um that i just didn't kind of click with um i was kind of waiting on a moment um where everything came together on a couple of tracks and it maybe just didn't happen um and i was also i was a little bit torn on the first track actually um <laughs> i i liked the first track i liked it when i first heard it but then after i heard the album about four or five times i didn't think it was the strongest track they could have opened the album with so i was a little bit like after i was thinking mm, I'm, I'm still i'm still undecided about it actually um mm. i'm just I'm, I'm not sure if that was the strongest way they could have opened the album but again, this is just me. Um, what about you guys? What did, what did you guys make of this, Duncan? What did you think? Uh, there's a lot to enjoy in this album for sure. Uh, I think well, I'm glad that you mentioned Sick because that was out with Dillinger. That was a kind of predominant influence. And when we say Sick, we're leaning more towards you know early Sick, yeah. and that that's yeah. also aided in the production on this one. The production mm. is very easy to overproduce something like this and give everything mm. this like veneer of like clarity which it doesn't have the drum production and the bass production in particular have a, a really natural vibe which when you're experimenting with the kind of the jazzier side of metal it kind of has to have that um mm. otherwise it doesn't work so i i really i found myself gravitating towards like being able to seamlessly pick out what everyone was doing without necessarily thinking there'd been too much fuckery there um i think vocally it's a really interesting album i'm glad that yeah. once again you mentioned uh dexterity and diversity uh, he's using his voice as <laughs> sounds like a strange thing to say but he's using his voice as an instrument um <laughs> as opposed to using his voice like to front a band yeah. and that works for me in the context of this music once again linking back to sixth and to dillinger both their vocalists do the same thing 
It's all yeah. about adding a level of texture or an element or, um, or, or or tone over a piece of of music, which almost gives it its own personality. Almost makes it. I mean, there's a lot of this that feels like kind of high concept avant-garde art. Um, yeah. You know, like, um, and it does, once again, doesn't surprise me you mentioned Tarkovsky because that's kind of his cinema. His cinema is seen as being, you know, it's like, it's very avant-garde, very artistic, uh, very thought-provoking and philosophical. So all those things marry really, really well together. Even the, the, the kind of album artwork itself has this kind of... Yeah. you know not cubist art form but it has very much this idea of you you imagine like a painting from like 1925 or something by this like forgotten master who's and, and that's just kind of what i got from this is it, it just really feels like that there's a lot of time like a lot of time that's went into this the the synths are really interesting because they go from playing kind of loops and a and a weird almost this sounds like an 80s computer, um, all the way through to, to actually adding levels of subtlety underneath mm. what the band are playing, and that works really really well. We've spoken about this before. Pet peeve of mine is overuse of synth, or someone that just is just pressing anything because there's a gap that you can do it in. Yeah. Um, that's not the case here. The, the the spaces that are picked out for them are great. It's really interesting that you, because you filled it, because I never read anything. Um, mm. it's like so, you fill in a lot of these blanks for me. What was interesting for me is it did feel like different drummers. I wouldn't, I would mm. never have guessed that there was four on the album, but it did yeah. feel like on certain tracks that the drummer was either coming in from it from a completely different angle, or this just felt like like someone else was playing on the mm -hmm. I put it down to I just assumed this had taken ages to record and they've been in, in the, the studio and as a result that kind of feel that you would get in an album recording session just wasn't there but that makes a lot more sense to me you yeah. can't deny the musicianship it's impeccable you can't deny the songwriting it's impeccable I do think it loses its way a couple of times on the album um, I love What About Me I think it's a fucking great song also yeah. reminds me of obscure reference of the the recording right now. Uh, back in the old uh, back in the old uh, days of WCW, uh, when I was a lad and I was doing the old Monday Night Wars, there was a character called Raven, and that was his catchphrase. What about me? What about Raven? Um, and it, it made me think of that, even though the song sounds nothing like that. But I imagined Raven fronting the band, which made me giggle. Um, but like that song stood out to me. Uh, Impotent Prophet, you're right. I think there's a almost like a, especially when the solo kicks in, there's a almost like it's warring with itself. Like it shouldn't yeah. go, but it does go. But then mm. a projection of you, uh, of me and you, the track that follows on, like has this bit like towards the end. Where you've had all this stuff going on and then it just hits you with a like a like a fucking stonking riff. And it just knows that's what you need at that point, which I love. Yeah. Um I think maybe my favourite song on the album is Smile Yawn Nodded, uh, which mm -hmm. is track nine, which has a lot of a lot of weirdness on it and a lot of uh, kind of dexterity. And the it's followed by the absolutely nonsense obscure Moscow holiday, which is just it's so uh it's so different than what's you know, on the rest of the album. My only gripe with this is that I think it maybe goes too out there at times. Right. Um, I think if I was listening to the songs individually and not in an album, 
it's not yeah. an issue. So taking the songs yeah. individually, one you know, a, a bit at a time, I think they're all excellent. I think in the context of the album, I, I don't maybe have as much reservations about the bus station roof opening track um, mm-hmm. as you do as a as an opener. Uh, I think they would struggle with any of the songs there to put them as a first song on there to give a real indication of what you're going to get on the album, which is basically mm-hmm. what an opening track is supposed to do. It's a statement of intent of this is what you're going to get on this album. I think yeah. that's almost, for a band that sounds like this, it's almost a fool's errand to try and do that. So it's as good as any song you could have put there, to be fair. Um, mm. I just think at times, songs don't naturally link into the next song. It feels like there's a, there's almost a... Yeah. And it happens a few times, and I'm usually okay with a break in an album where I'm like, right, this is going into the more experimental phase. But because yeah. all the songs are like that, I think it has an issue there. Mm. Um, but not enough to, like, chop points and points off of it if you this is a musician's band you know what I mean if you're interested in music if you're interested in composition if you're interested in production or you know just in general what high level talent sounds like collaborating on something uh, you will you will do a lot worse than listening to um, the new Utopia album it really has everything kind of kind of locked in on that I don't yeah. know how much of an overall cohesive listen to your average punter it necessarily gives. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, actually, in terms of the, the track, going from track to track. It's weird, though, because the actual tracks themselves have great transitions. Oh, God, yeah. You know, between that, that kind of really techy stuff into the more ambient side or the cleaner side, those kind of transitions from, from one to the other work amazingly well. Uh, but I know what you mean. There were a few moments in the album where I was like, oh, yeah. How do you get over this? How do you get over this is live in a live setting. You do this audio visual. Yeah. So you have videos that play that tie into the songs, and that's how you get over those transitions. Um, But on a a, like in the format that we've got it in, in that medium, it does feel a bit disjointed jumping between tracks. But once you get into the track, it's fucking fine. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what did you think? He must have loved this. If, if I saw them play live, I'd buy them all dinner. This must be impossible. <laughs> like, this is one of these ones that when, like, when I was listening to it, I, I instantly thought, is this Dave trying to make it up to Kyle? Like, <laughs> all the shit he's put him through this year. Yeah, it uh, feels like it, because this was... I mean, I've got a, a lot of same thoughts as you two guys. It's like, there's a lot to love on this. The yeah. musicianship is fucking incredible. Unbelievable mm. playing on every level from every member of the band. I like how the vocalist goes from like deep down death metal to fucking Danny Filth in 1997 <laughs> or whatever whatever year that album came out. He's going super high. Yeah. And I'm just like, and it still sounds awesome. Mm. And I'm like, the production is amazing. It's, you know, natural, organic sounding is how metal should sound. You know, it's not super squeaky clean, like you mentioned earlier. And it's not like, but it's not crap either. You can make out every instrument and they all, I mean, it's called a mix for a reason. They're all, they're all, together cohesively and they're not like too separated but it doesn't sound like shit either mm. but yeah i mean there's loads of stuff on there there's like chunky fucking awesome riffs there's all the crazy discordant stuff that i like as well as the jazz which has those incredible bass mm. licks in there which are fantastic yeah. not a fan of that bass tone during the jazz things but that's just personal preference just mm. don't like it at all it's like a honky sort of ah, i just never been a fan of it but that, that, that's the only gripe i have with the bass it's because it's just a personal thing um yeah but the thing is i felt like maybe they did go out there like Duncan's go out there a bit too often and a bit too much and a bit like mm. there was there was a lack of cohesion here and there with stuff and I was just wondering is that 
like uh, it's obviously intentional and stuff but did they did they want to take it that far was it you know mm-hmm. it just felt like maybe they went a bit too far too soon like, especially on the first track like the first like minute and you've got super crazy heavy distortion and, and all that stuff and then you've got this weird jazzy bassy thing and it's like reminds me a little bit of that first slipknot ep a little bit because <laughs> they did the exact same thing well not exactly they did this super heavy thing and then it went into like slap bass jazz licks and it was just like all right there was a weird mix and it's a weird mix here but it works better here than the slip than slipknot yeah. did it definitely yeah. but still i thought like sometimes they did it a bit too often and it felt a bit like you know okay have we got another trick <laughs> and they do of course mm. but every now and then i'll just be like okay fair enough and uh another thing was um i was gonna say now obviously not that important <laughs> oh yeah well some some of the riffs and some of the like parts and stuff were really really good but they lasted like a fraction of a second and i was like you could go back to that and it would probably make the song better there wasn't i felt like a lot of the time there wasn't enough to latch onto to like in the songs if you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. a part would be there and gone and then it's, we're doing something else now and i'm like that's that's all well and good but uh, like you said it's a musician's album it's an album for people who appreciate this kind of stuff and for crazy people that have you know four seconds attention span <laughs> <laughs> i think standout tracks for me are definitely a projection of me on you and uh moscow holiday they're definitely my two favorites on this a great i really really enjoyed this that that riff at the end of um, a projection was great <laughs> and that's one of those times when they actually just stuck to it and did what they do really well and mm-hmm. kept it going and it felt really great and i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. but, i mean i can't knock points off it because it's just fantastic i love how they are playing their instruments into such a high level. I'm like, I'm going to sell all my shit and just fucking give up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Watch how loud you say that, just in case your wife hears it and goes, finally. Finally. <laughs> finally, yeah. Oh, he's going to give up. Last night, I heard you say in your room, you're going to give this shit up. And when's that going to happen? Can I, I have it. it in writing? Can you sign it? And we'll take it down to the notary's office. Oh, you're, like, you're like, listen, what you heard me saying was I was giving up drugs. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Not anything else. Uh, I don't know, like, because I think we're all kind of. I wonder if, and we're once again, I'm speculating the nature of this being recorded, disparate with so many different musicians. I wonder if that impacts the cohesion on the album. Mm. Like you're writing songs as opposed to writing yeah. an album. Yeah. So maybe that's why, or once again, like I say, it could just very much be that each song as his own little country and if that's the case um, then that's fine as well it could go one or two ways it could be like the main guy they said it was a band that the guitarist brought together he could have written all of the songs and had everybody play their part and rub yeah. their you know True. rub their personality on it or he could have come up with some riffs or some parts and said what could you do with this as a drummer and then he'd come up with some parts and do some stuff but that would take forever but i've done both of those things both ways and they come out very differently like i with the band i tend to write all of the demos and they just rub all their stuff on it and then, but with other projects I've had in the past, I've just said, I've got this riff. What do you want to do? And somebody comes back with something I never would have thought of. Yeah. So, yeah, it could have gone. But I mean, this sounds like it is definitely all of them together. Because, the, like you said, the drum parts are so different. And yeah. there's a lot of disparities between each song as well. So it sounds like the guitarist probably had the main idea for some stuff. Yeah. And they just let everybody come in with a lot. Because, I mean, especially the bad, the bad, blah, blah, blah. The jazz bass parts, because I mean, being a guitarist, you're probably not going to be super versed in jazz bass. But <laughs> so I think it could have gone either way. Mm. Honestly, okay. Mm. Okay. Um, so ratings for this new album from Utopia. 
Um, and yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, and it wasn't like super long either. So even though it is like heavy technical, um, with, you know, it does have that kind of the moments of kind of melody and ambience and stuff, which I really liked. It's under um, it's 40 not, minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't become like it's kind of. Length, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I think, um, like, I can't fault this on a technical level. I think the musicianship is stunning. Um, and the production was really good as well. I like that kind of organic sound they went for. Um, I think I'd probably go four, four out of five on this one. As I said, I a couple of issues here and there with a few of the tracks, and I'm still unsure about the first track, if I'd picked that for the opener, but that's just me. Um, so I'd go four out of five. Uh, Duncan? I think we're all going to probably come in around the same grade here for all the same reasons. This is a four-star album for me. Four. I imagine if you like your, your albums a bit more flowy, then this probably scores a bit below, but like I understand and appreciate the work that's gone into this, and like to give it anything less than a four is to spit in the face of the yeah. musicians that made it. So yeah, yeah. it's it's it real. I can't stress it enough. If you if you have a, even a passing interest in composition of music um, or production or anything to do with with music in general, then you should listen to it. even if it's not a genre that you like. You should listen to it because there is yeah. a lot to mine here. Four. Mm. Nice. Kyle? I'm going to give it a 1 out of 5 because how dare they be so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 4 out of 5, definitely. Four. Nice. Abs- absolutely top shelf playing and composition and songwriting. It's just minus a couple of things that make, would make it a bit more catchy, a bit more memorable, but yeah, it's fucking incredible stuff. So definitely nice. check it out. Mm. Uh, this one drops on August 27th via APF Records. Um, if you want to check these guys out, it is facebook.com forward slash utopia band metal. I will put a link in the description to their Facebook uh, and their band camp and stuff when this goes on YouTube. Uh, so you can check out the album when it drops. Um, that's the review. Let us know what you think. If you've heard any of the singles, let us know what you think. And when the album drops, happy to hear comments on it. Uh, so that's the review. Check it out. It's, a, it's definitely a recommendation from me and from the other guys. Um, so definitely give this one a little listen. Okay, so gentlemen, album review is done. We are hurdling towards the end of the podcast. No, um, we're so soon. I know. <laughs> um, we do have some more music to play for you just before you go. But um, as I said earlier, um, we're back on Twitch on the 25th of August. Um, please come join us at Twitch TV forward slash Kill Seven Oaks. Um, we will be putting on a little live stream on the back catalogue of the Dillinger Escape Plan. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. So we're going to be chatting about each album and then we're going to rank them from least favourite to favourite album of the Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh, it's going to be a pain in the balls. It really is. It really is. Um, what so do you mean we're going to rank them? You didn't tell me about this. You just said we're <laughs> going to say what we think about each album. How am I going to do this? This is an impossible task. I, I know I know what my favourite is right now. I don't okay. know if after a re-listen to all their stuff, it'd still be my favourite. Like at the moment, Ironworks is my favourite. Um, so, But I don't know if Ironworks will still be, still be there. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be complicated. Why you got to go I'm going to fly to the fucking so moon. It's going to be easier. <laughs> See you like... Sorry. It's Avril Lavigne out of nowhere. Ooh. Ooh. Um, 
um yeah so join us for that should be fun um we've got another podcast coming next month will be more recommendations more music more album reviews another competition again i said as i said earlier if you've got any questions for us for the next show um jump over to the website or you can email us as well at the metal epidemic uh, at gmail.com or message us on any of the socials if you have a question it's eight and a half inches so don't bother asking <laughs> there you go if anybody asks me about drums, I will find out who you are and break my foot off in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> ask about drums. Someone ask about drums. But it could be like, uh, like you, like it could just be like, for all you know, it could be someone <laughs> genuinely asking a question that could make their album go from sounding like something you would listen to to something mm-hmm. you'd love, Kyle. So, all right, that kind of question is fine. Don't just berate me. <laughs> That's a question. It's like whether they can't berate you. That's a comment. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, until then, until the next show, uh, keep checking out our YouTube channel, Metal Epidemic. Uh, no, youtube.com forward slash Metal Epidemic. I'm all over the place with these URLs tonight. Um, check out all the written reviews that's going up. There's another fucking 12, 13 reviewers that are doing uh, written album reviews at metalepidemic.com. Check out their stuff as well. Um, out with our YouTube uh, channel reviews and uh, I'm going to leave you on a little single before we go um, this one just came out today um, when we recorded this anyway um, it's from a Melbourne based five piece metal band called Pride Lands uh, and they are thrilled to reveal their brand new single, it's called The Walls um, On it's going to be released on Resist Records in Australia and uh, on their new label home of Sharp Tone Records as well um, the Walls follows their single Heavy Tongue, which came out earlier, um, written by Pride Lands, produced by Jamie Marinos, and Pride Lands mixed by George Lever at G1 Productions, who also did Loathe and Sleep Token, and mastered by Erman Ham- Hamidovich at Systematic Productions, who has worked with Architects, North Lane and Periphery. Um, haven't released an album release date yet, but stay tuned for that. Um, you can check them out at facebook.com forward slash Pridelands AU. Um, this is called The Walls. Band's called Pridelands. Hope you dig it. Um, we'll be back in a month's time with a new podcast. Until then, take care. Speak to you soon. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.